You're listening to America's Web Radio Online. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good afternoon, everyone. And it's uh, April Fool's Day, as most of you know. And our president of the United States is celebrating by playing the American people for fools, as he likes to do. And unfortunately, many people out there allow it. Don't even know it's happening to them. Uh, how's he celebrated today? Well, he has commuted the prison sentences of 22 drug dealers. Now, we're not talking about drug users. We're not talking about people who are in federal prison for, for minor crimes. We're talking about drug dealers. Don't know the names of them yet. It's all very mysterious. It appeared on my MSN when I uh, opened up my computer this morning, and uh, there was a picture of Obama that he commuted uh, 22 uh, prison terms of 22 drug dealers, which brought the total to 43 since he's been president, which is more than virtually any other president's done. But uh, there was no specifics. So I went back just before I, as I was getting ready for the show to see if there were any specifics now about who these people are. And guess what? The, the story is gone. Can't find it. Apparently, MSN was told by its handlers of NBC and others that uh, we don't want to put this on people to know about this. Obama doesn't want to take the heat. He just wants to continue letting drug dealers go. Now, but when you consider 22, that's really a drop in the bucket compared to the 38,000 convicted felons that were released from prison last year who were all illegal aliens who committed everything from rape and murder to child molestation. They were all scheduled to be released and deported back to their country of origin. That's what the law requires. That's what the Congress of the United States required when it passed the law. That if people are arrested in this country and convicted of a crime, they go to jail, they serve out their sentence, and they're immediately deported back to their country of origin. Instead, Obama had the Department of Homeland Security release 38,000 of them back onto our streets. No parole that I know about, no probation, 38,000 of them back on the streets. Gang members, child rapists, you name it, they're being turned loose in our society. This is part of the plan to destroy our country, to allow crime to fluctuate. Now, all this is happening while Obama is in the process of trying to take over our city police departments. Department of Justice, with Eric Holder, is going after, for example, Ferguson, Missouri, uh, basically trying to shut down his police department or take complete control of it. They're doing the same thing in testing around the country. They're doing it in St. Louis. They're doing it in Fort Worth, Texas. They're trying to take control of police departments by putting federal regulations on them, not laws passed by Congress. Uh, Obama doesn't do anything with Congress anymore. He didn't even try. He's totally ignoring Congress. He's totally ignoring the federal court system, including the United States Supreme Court. I mean, remember, the FCC, the Supreme Court of the United States, ruled about four years ago that the FCC had no power or authority to regulate the Internet. Obama has told them to do it. They have done it. 
we don't know what the regulations are going to mean yet, but it's going to mean we know content control of the Internet and regulations by a federal government agency that the Supreme Court said does not have the right to do any of this. So that's how Obama plays again. He ignores the courts. He's ignoring Congress. And it's about to get a lot worse. We're going to see new executive orders coming out that are going to essentially be treaties with foreign nations. But he's not going to submit them to the United States Senate for two-thirds approval, two-thirds ratification, as is required by the Constitution. He's going to do this on his own, and he's just going to start enforcing these regulations and these treaties and basically thumb his nose at Congress, thumb his nose at the courts, thumb his nose at the American people, and say, here I am, I am dictator. And don't seem capable of doing anything to try to stop it. The impeachment articles that I drew up and submitted to Congress are today being submitted by several other groups around the country to try to get Congress to act. We know these articles were were submitted to the House Judiciary Committee by at least one member of Congress, probably more. But the House Judiciary Committee hasn't acted. Boehner doesn't want to have anything to do with impeachment of this president. Obama knows this. It involves him. So here's what he's about to do. We got the United Nations Small Arms Treaty out there. Okay, Obama had Kerry sign it. It has never been submitted to the United States Senate. He has no intention of submitting it to the United States Senate. He's going to start enforcing it. Now, how's he going to do that? Well, he's going to have to break several federal laws. First, there's a law that requires that no federal funds be sent for a national gun registration system in this country. Secondly, international treaties must be ratified by the United States Senate. Obama's not going to do that, and he's going to ignore the law on registration. Now, remember when this treaty was first coming out, it was, I read the original draft of the treaty, and I saw that it required registration of firearm owners in our country and other places. Obama and Kerry, prior to signing the treaty, both denied that that was in the final draft of the treaty. They said it wasn't there. I read the final draft of the treaty. There. They tried to hide it a little bit, but it's obviously there. So Obama is going to have to turn over, under the terms of the treaty, names and addresses of gun dealers in this country, of gun manufacturers in this country, and gun owners. So how is he going to get his list? Well, they've been compiling his list for six years. Right now, the law says that if you go to purchase a firearm through a licensed firearm dealer or even someplace like Walmart, you have to fill out a form that authorizes a background background check of you to find out if the form is sent to the FBI and the National Instant Criminal Background Checklist, which they operate. They look at it, and if you are on there as a convicted felon, or if you are on there as a known drug abuser, or if you have been adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others, you're on there too. However, you also may be on there simply because you're a veteran, or simply because at some point in your your medical history, you were 
seeing doctor about depression or is that's the latest mental illness according to the people in New York State so you they find you but assuming you're not on the list and you pass the test and you get your firearm the dealer is required by law to destroy the paperwork to shred it get rid of it entirely the FBI is also required to destroy its records of this transaction. The dealers are doing what they have to do. The federal government, I can guarantee you, is not. The federal government is bypassing the law. <coughs> and, excuse me. They are keeping a record of everyone who purchases firearms illegally in this country. So you can figure your name is on there, and you can figure that Obama is going to turn your name and address and possibly other vital information about you over to the United Nations. He wants to disarm the American people, and he's going to do it by executive action. The bullet ban that they were talking about, the uh, BATF was talking about banning 223 uh, our, uh, ammunition, Talking about banning the 223 ammunition because it supposedly was armor piercing. Well, tests have been done on it, and it's not armor piercing, but it is the ammunition used by most people who own AR 15s, which are semi automatic weapons. Obama wants to ban that ammunition. The ATS said they were going to do it. Then they backed off because there was such a public outcry. But they haven't stopped their plan. They're going to do it, they're going to do it very quietly. Obama's going to issue executive orders limiting the amount of ammunition that can be brought into this country from other countries. He's already doing that with uh, firearms and with replacement parts for firearms. They're going after our ammunition. I mean, let's face it. When was the last time you went to a store, if you're a gun owner, and tried to find 22 caliber ammunition? It's not there. It hadn't been there for two years or more. A lot of other ammunition, 308 ammunition, is very hard to find some some places. So Obama's using executive orders to destroy the Second Amendment, to destroy our right, our right to keep and bear arms. He's also going to use an executive order to make a treaty with Iran. Now, last night at midnight was the deadline for the negotiations to end with the Iranians. They've already passed two deadlines, kicked the can down the road, and now they're, they're kicking the can down the road again. We think. Here's a problem. The Russians, the French, and the, the Chinese communists have gotten so disgusted with the whole process, they left. Their foreign minister just walked out today. They're not even going to try. So that leaves basically John Kerry sitting there by himself negotiating with the Iranians. Well, let's say you know, he's not exactly by himself because he has a, a top advisor from the administration who just happens to have been a lobbyist for the Iranian government here in the United States for years. So, you know, obviously as an impartial uh, observer and advisor. Uh, someone who's strongly pushed the cause of Iran for years is now advising us on how to negotiate with Iran and get a treaty. The Iranians have not given up anything. Obama has been giving away 
our power to continue sanctions, is cancel sanctions. We had the Iranians basically them on the ropes. And then Obama decided to ease that up and let them have them some of their money that had been frozen so their economy could get better and they could continue enriching uranium. Uranium, they claim, is just for the purpose of power. They don't need nuclear power in Iraq. They have a huge amount of natural gas. They have a huge amount of oil. They do not need nuclear power. They have no intention of building nuclear power plants for electric electricity. They are going to build a bomb, and not just one bomb. They're going to build a number of bombs. They're already negotiating with the North Koreans to get long-range missiles that can use these bombs that can hit the these missiles you know, carrying nuclear weapons can hit Israel, they can hit Europe, they can hit the coast of the United States. And we'll talk more about this after our first break. United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Okay, Michael, I apologize. I don't know what happened, whether it's bad weather or that drone that's overhead or what, but we lost you, and I appreciate you calling back in, and it's back to you. 
Well, thank you, David. I suspect grown. <laughs> we don't have any bad weather right now in Texas. I don't know how it is in your area, neck of the woods. But in any case, I was talking about uh, the Iranian situation and how Obama is apparently preparing to, to give away the farm to the Iranians. Uh, we know already that the through his efforts, the United Nations approved allowing the Iranians to operate 6,000 fuels to enrich uranium. 6,000. Now, that's a lot of uranium that they can enrich in a fairly short period of time, and a lot of bombs they can build if nothing is done to stop them. And obviously, Obama's going to do nothing to stop them. He's going to allow them to continue with their program. He has already indicated that any agreement that is reached between the United States and Iran and any other countries is not going to be committed to the United uh, to the United States Senate for ratification by a two-thirds majority. He is going to go ahead and enforce that and do whatever he wants to do. He'll take it to the United Nations and bypass Congress completely and get the United Nations to lift sanctions against Iran on the basis of his deal, which, of course, the United Nations will do because you have so many Arab states out there uh, some of which are afraid of Iran, but others of which are not. And then everybody else will try to be politically correct, because Iran is a <clears throat> Muslim uh, country under strict Sharia law. So you have John Kerry sitting there negotiating for virtually by himself with the Iranians. The Iranians are demanding, and it looks like we're going to acquiesce to allowing them to take these 6,000 centrifuges and hide them put them in underground bunkers, which we know exist, and we also know cannot be effectively bombed from the air. So we're going to allow them to take their secret program and hide it where we cannot monitor what they're doing, where we cannot launch an airstrike if we find out for sure that they're building a nuclear weapon or that they got one ready to go. The Israelis can't launch an airstrike. The whole world is being put at risk by this president. And I don't know how many of you remember the movie and the book from years ago called The Manchurian Candidate. But that's when effectively a president of the United States was elected who was working for the the Koreans, for the communists, North Koreans. And uh, somebody tracked down the fact that he was a president or about to be elected president. And they assassinated him because he was the Manchurian candidate. He had come in, in the Korean War, captured by the North Koreans, turned over to the Chinese, and effectively been brainwashed. Well, in Obama's case, I'm not talking about being brainwashed. I'm talking about a man who is clearly not the president of the United States. I don't know what he considers himself, the president of the Muslim world or the president the emperor of the entire world. He expects everybody to do his bidding every other country to do what he wants them to do. And if they don't do it, he retaliates against them, just like he did with Israel and Netanyahu. Uh, what happened? Netanyahu comes over here to basically plead with the U.S. Congress to support Israel and to see that there's no agreement issued or reach with the Iranians that would be dangerous for Israel. And Obama retaliates for the him daring to do that by releasing secret top-secret information about the the Israeli nuclear program. Now, is there any wonder why the Israelis no longer trust us? 
why nobody in the world trusts us, why we don't get sensitive information from them, we don't get intel, we don't get uh, notification of possible terrorist attacks. They don't trust us. They don't trust the President of the United States. They know that for political purposes or whatever purposes he has in mind, he will willingly turn over to our enemies sensitive information about our allies, about our intel people, about people who are cooperating with us around the world. Look what happened to the doctor in Pakistan who gave us Osama bin Laden. His name was let out by the White House not long after bin Laden was killed, and he was arrested and is still in jail. And nothing has been done to help him by the Obama administration. Well, by the way, speaking of Iran, they have a United States Marine over there in custody on trumped-up charges. They have a naturalized American citizen, originally from Iran, who is a minister, a Christian minister. They have him in a jail over there on trumped-up charges. They have an FBI agent, we believe, who's been missing for about three or four years now, in jail somewhere in Iran on trumped-up charges. No effort has been made that I can tell with the Obama administration to get any of these people released. Certainly, if they were were negotiating a treaty with Iran, that ought to be the first thing on the table. No treaty, no agreement, unless you release these hostages. In fact, it ought to be that we're not even going to talk to you about a treaty until these hostages have been released, because that's what they are, they're hostages. No effort is being made to do anything to help these men. That is indicative of what Obama, the way he plays the game. Now, an army deserter, Bo Bergdahl, Bergdahl, who deserted his post in the face of the enemy, who I believe firmly set up, helped the Taliban set up an ambush of his fellow soldiers when they came out looking for him. Several of them were killed. Obama turns over five top leaders of the Taliban who have all gone back down into combat roles. They're all back leading the, the Taliban in the field against American soldiers in Afghanistan. Obama trades five top Taliban leaders for one army deserter. But he's not doing anything to help innocent people, innocent Americans, who are being held by the Iranians. Doing absolutely nothing. We don't know if there's even if an agreement already been reached. Because in addition to signaling that he's going to bypass Congress with any agreement, and he's going to go to the United Nations probably, he's also signaled that a lot of this agreement will never be known to the public. That's one reason they don't send it to the Senate. If he sends it to the United States Senate, they have a right and an obligation to know all the terms of the agreement, all the terms of the treaty. So he's just not going to send it to them and not going to tell anybody a lot of the terms. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, you know, I'm just going to come out right out and say it. This is treason. This is a classic providing aid and comfort to the enemy. And I've written a recent article in my blog at www.michaelconnelly.com in which I talk about aid and comfort to the enemy and what that means. And I provide a whole laundry list of instances where the President of the United States has provided aid and comfort to our enemy. And one of those was the release of the five Taliban leaders to, in exchange for Bergdahl, 
But the other obvious one is what's happening right now, the Iranians. We are going to allow a country, and you know, while these negotiations were going on, the leader of the Iranians is chanting death to America. And said, yes, definitely there will be death to America. And the Iranians have, have basically told John Kerry, from what I understand, point blank, that we are not going to give in on Israel. We are going to destroy Israel one way or the other. So that's not even part of the negotiations. So while all this is going on, we are still giving the Iranians basically what they want. We're allowing them to continue to enrich uranium. We're allowing them to get closer to a nuclear weapon. How close are they? I've heard intel indicating that they may be close as little as six months away from having the ability to hit us with nuclear weapons or at least have the nuclear weapons hit Israel. Or, you know, they may serve give them to proxies. They may give them to Hamas or Hezbollah. By the way, Iran, in, in the latest listing by the Department of Homeland Security of terrorist sporting nations and terrorist groups. Iran has been removed from that list. Hezbollah has been removed from that list. These are obvious terrorist groups supported by a terrorist nation. Yet Obama is being politically correct and he's giving the Iranians what they want. He's providing aid and comfort to an enemy that has called for the destruction of the United States, has called for Sharia law to be instituted throughout the world, a country that is involved right now in Iraq, in Yemen, in Libya, and probably in Tunisia. Working has protected Al-Qaeda, has protected Al-Qaeda leaders. The Iranians are allowed al-Qaeda leaders to train and train other people inside Iran. You know, what more do you need in the way of proof to know that we are dealing with terrorism here and a terrorist-supporting nation, a nation that has vowed to destroy the big Satan, which is the United States, according to it, and the small Satan, which is Israel. Israel is, is on the front line here. They are a longtime ally of ours. They haven't always been the greatest ally, but they have been an ally. Our most important and really only true ally in the Middle East. Just believe me, I don't trust the Saudis. I don't trust a lot of things that are going on over there in the Middle East. But we are betraying Israel. But more importantly, the President of the United States is betraying his own country, betraying his oath of office to protect, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And... Nothing is being done to stop him. We need to contact our members of the House of Representatives and say, impeach the man now. Sure, the trial will go on in the Senate. It probably it will probably not vote to convict. But if we put the brakes on him in any way, it may save us. Right now, the Republicans seem to be putting all their eggs in one basket, and that is being the White House and... 2016 and maintaining control of the Senate, which is no guarantee, and maintaining control of the House, which they probably will, but winning the White House and then reversing all of Obama's executive orders. 
which probably can be done if, in fact, they maintain the Senate, if, in fact, they, somebody wins a Republican is elected president of the United States. And that is certainly not a foregone conclusion. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. One of the reasons I say that the winning of the election, the presidential election in 2016 by a Republican candidate, is not a sure thing is because, remember, another executive order that Obama used was the one granting amnesty to about 5 million illegals in this country. The illegals who are now going to be given social security numbers, given driver's licenses in many states, and given a green card, and be able to use that that the social security number, for example, to register to vote. Even though they're not citizens, and they should not be allowed to vote, in many states they will be allowed to vote. Five million at this point. How many more is Obama going to allow in? We're fixing to have another influx of uh, illegals coming into this, uh, this country. It's happening right now on the Texas border. Uh, they're coming in in droves. The Border Patrol has been told, don't even stop them if it's a group of more than 20. Uh, what sense does that make? The larger groups ought to be the first groups of the people that we try to stop. But the Border Patrol has been ordered not to stop them. 
it's been ordered that if you do find people who are wearing gang tattoos from some of the Central American gangs, some of these brutal gangs, if you find find them and they're wearing the tattoos, even if they brag about committing murders in their home country, the federal government, the Border Patrol, has been ordered to release them. In fact, to put them on an airplane without any form of identification whatsoever, other than a little form that says notice to appear in court somewhere down the road. And by the way, Obama has, for all intents and purposes, destroyed the court system for dealing with illegals. Uh, the, there's, the judges are powerless. Uh, there are too few of them. Uh, these people are given notice to appear. Only one out of ten will ever show up, and the rest of them are just lost. And they're being put on airplanes and sent to the country of choice. So if this continues, and it will, unabated, the Obama administration is going to have a whole lot of illegals that are going to be registered to vote in this country for 2016. That's another indication of executive orders running amok. Here's another one, and this story just broke today. Obama has been talking to other countries about a treaty on climate change and has agreed that the United States will agree to reduce greenhouse, so-called greenhouse emissions by 28% over the next 10 years. If other countries agree to do the same thing, or well, they don't have to do as much as we do, again, he's given away the farm in this treaty. But uh, that will require stiff regulations on utilities, causing the cost of power in this country to go up. It will require more emission restrictions on automobiles, causing the cost of automobiles to go up, and possibly the cost of gasoline. He's going to put restrictions on buildings about what has to be done on emissions from buildings, so-called emissions. And, of course, climate change we, we know now is a fraud. Uh, it, as far as it being caused by man-made, climate change occurs naturally and has throughout the history of the world. But Obama is going to sign this agreement and going to start enforcing it, and has clearly indicated that he's doing it by executive order. He has no intention of sending it to the United States Senate for ratification. He has no intention of obeying any order of the Supreme Court that requires him to do that. So it looks to me like we're not going to even have a, a senator who's got guts enough to step up and sue Obama, because somebody should have already done it. Well, somebody should have done this back when Obama was first elected and started appointing czars with their own budgets not controlled by Congress, with powers that were not given to them by the Constitution of the United States or by Congress, and sending them or putting them in power, in place, without ever sending their names to the Senate for ratification. Now, that's specifically required in Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution that the Senate ratify the appointments by the President of the United States, unless the Senate specifically says we we, we let you appoint this position, someone to this position or that position without coming to the Senate. That very rarely has happened. Obama appoints these R's. Senators don't get a chance to find out about them or question them. I kept waiting for the U.S. Senator to step forward and file a suit against the president saying, look, 
this is my obligation under the Constitution. I'm supposed to be representing my constituents, the people of my state, and voting on executive appointments by the president. And I'm being denied that opportunity. I want to stop. That right there, the Supreme Court had ruled the way they will assuredly have to rule, that these people ought to be go before the Senate to be uh, ratified, then that would have stopped what a lot of what Obama's been doing ever since. No senator stepped forward. No senator has stepped forward regarding the amnesty agreement. No member of the House has filed suit about being the Congress being bypassed. No senator has stepped forward on the United Nations Small Arms Treaty. The United States Justice Foundation, we this is what we do. We are a constitutional law foundation, and we try to help people. We try to represent people who are having their constitutional rights violated. We try to protect the constitutional republic we have in this country. We go to court to do it, but we're a small organization. Our funding comes from private individuals. We never charge our clients anything for what we do for them. We, for example, are representing numerous veterans right now, and we're not charging them anything. So, you know, we're involved right now in a number of different cases, and we would like to be able to bring suit on behalf of a member of Congress or get involved on behalf of a member of Congress in the suit they bring going after Obama for these executive orders, particularly the ones that deal with the international treaties. He's getting totally blatant about this. He's emboldened by the lack of activity, the lack of action. He's going to continue to step forward with more executive orders, more executive orders denying constitutional rights to American citizens, more executive orders favoring our enemies and making agreements with other countries that are detrimental to the people of the United States and to our nation. He's just going to continue doing this. He doesn't care about this country. He cares only about destroying this country. If you want to help us out with what we're doing, go to usjf.net. That's the United States Justice Foundation. usjf.net. And you can find out how to send us a contribution. And contributions to us are tax-exempt and tax-deductible. You can deduct up to a certain point your contribution to us, so that uh, you know that makes it a little easier to part with some money. Every contribution helps. Helps us keep our doors open. Helps us pay our attorneys. We have a very small staff. I am the executive director. We have a, a CFO that handles our finances, and then we have. Majority of our money is not spent on office overhead or a big staff. The majority of our money is spent with the attorneys that we have handling cases for us. And let me give you some examples of some of the cases we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with a veteran situation. Veterans are being denied their Second Amendment rights. They're receiving letters from the VA telling them that because of their physical or mental disabilities, they're going to declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs, meaning that they are declared incompetent to handle their VA benefits. The incompetency ruling is based on 
maybe based on my PTSD, it may be based on at any time a soldier saying I'm, I'm depressed over the loss of buddy in combat. They're basing the declarations of incompetence on veterans letting their spouses pay the family bills or veterans even having their bills paid automatically by the bank out of their bank accounts. Then they're being put on the next list, the National Instant Criminal Background Checklist. They're being put on that under the category of being adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself, themselves, or others. None of these veterans have had any such adjudication. They have never had a hearing before an administrative judge. They have never had a hearing before a judge of any type. Due process is being denied. The veterans are being basically told that you have 60 days to prove you're competent, that we don't have to prove anything. 60 days, they have to submit evidence at their own expense, and most of the time they're declared incompetent anyway. Only then can they file an appeal. And the appeal are just disappearing. Veterans are being told that if you do file an appeal, we're going to suspend the payment of your benefits while the appeal is heard or considered. They're being told that can take up to two years. Guess what? It can take a lot longer than that because a lot of the appeals have just been ignored completely. The veterans never hear anything back. So we're representing a lot of these veterans because they're losing their Second Amendment rights. They're being told that once they are declared incompetent, they can no longer own, purchase, possess, or transport firearms or ammunition if they do the guilty of a felony. Two of the 200,000 veterans we estimate are on this list. We're fighting to get them off. And we're fighting to keep more from being put on. That's one of our major efforts right now. We're also going to be filing an amicus brief on the, in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans when they hear the amnesty case, the ruling by the judge here in Texas that Obama's amnesty executive order is unconstitutional. We're going to be involved in that case. Another very important thing that we're working on right now is Chief Justice Roy Moore of Alabama, as if you know, has been very courageous when it comes to dealing with the federal government over issues like the Ten Commandments and uh, being in courthouses. But lately, he's been very involved in the gay marriage issue. Uh, Alabama bans gay marriage, and a federal judge has ruled that they can't do that. And Justice Roy Moore basically told the judges around the state of Alabama they did not have to issue, told the clerks, they did not have to issue licenses to gay couples. The federal government, despite the ruling by the, the district court, had no authority to stop the state from doing it. It was a Tenth Amendment issue. Well, the gay community, which is really very small in this country, but has an unbelievable impact right now. The gay community has gotten, gotten more and more vicious with going after anybody who opposes whatever they want, particularly on religious grounds. And we see that in what's happening in Indiana right now in Arkansas and when they're trying to pass laws relating to religious freedom. But the gay community is going after everybody. And after this final break, we'll talk more about what we're doing for just Justice Roy Moore. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation 
which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. The bottom line is that Justice Moore has been sued by the gay community individually in a civil suit asking for damages for him daring to try to uphold the Constitution of the United States and for daring to take along the gay community. Now, the state of Alabama is not defending him, or they're providing some defense, but he's these private attorneys to help him. So we are representing Justice Roy Moore. And, of course, we're not charging him anything for it. We're representing the man to try to protect his rights and to protect his position as a judge. And so that's something else that we can use some help on. Uh, if you would like to donate to help us defend Justice Moore and other people like him, because we're also going to, we're also going to be filing you know, have filed briefs in the cases involving the laws around the country that state laws that prohibit gay marriage and are certainly the right of the states under the Tenth Amendment to the Constitution because there is nothing in the body of the Constitution that gives authority to the Congress to decide on marriage and what the Constitution what constitutes marriage legally in the various states. That has always been a state prerogative and must continue to be so. And we are very concerned about what the Supreme Court is going to do in this case. We're filing a brief there. That's what we do with our money. We spend our money protecting constitutional rights. So go to usjf.net and you can find out how to donate to us. You can donate online. You can find out where to mail a check. You can also go to the About Michael Connolly Executive Director section, and you can 
find a link to my website and blog because the next week or so I'm going to be posting uh, more links and another article on the blog. And uh, I've posted some recent articles that have really stirred things up. One is on nullification. I want to be making several speeches on that next week. By the way, if you want want me to speak at your group, you can go through David here at America's Web Radio and arrange for me to speak. I've been doing a lot of speeches around Texas and other parts of the country on constitutional issues, on veterans' issues, on the marriage issue. These are things that we're involved in at the United States Justice Foundation. We need your help. We are a fairly small organization, but we've been around for 37 years, and we've been doing this, and we've been very effective at it. So help us and get involved with us if you don't mind. Religious freedom is under attack in this country. It's under attack by Obama. It's under attack by executive orders, and that's where we're going to see more executive orders. We're going to see more of that happening from Obama and his effort to destroy religious freedom in this country, particularly destroy Christianity. The only religion right now that is protected in this country, according to Obama, is the Muslim religion, Sharia law. Obama's fully in favor of Sharia law. He's indicated that when the state of Oklahoma passed a constitutional amendment, 70% of the people in Oklahoma voted for a constitutional amendment saying that Sharia law could not be used in civil or criminal courts in Oklahoma. It cannot be considered. A suit was filed by a Muslim leader to get that declared unconstitutional. And, you know, again, that's a state, state's right situation under the Tenth Amendment to the Constitution. Joined in the lawsuit with the Muslim was Eric Holder's Department of Justice. So the Obama administration has indicated it's fully in favor of Sharia law fully in favor of protecting the Muslim faith, but not in protecting any other faith. And Sharia law, right now in Texas, we have a situation where the Texas state legislature is considering a ban on Sharia law in Texas because two Sharia courts, uh, well, I, I say two, I've heard, confirmed one and heard about a second one, have been set up in Texas where people can supposedly voluntarily go to have their cases civil disputes resolved under Sharia law. We have the mechanism in this state, as do other states, for resolving civil disputes. That means damage suits, that means contract disputes. They are decided under Texas law or possibly federal law where applicable, but mostly under Texas law. There is no provision in this state for other types of law. But they're setting up these tribunals, and so we're going to try to stop it. The state legislature is going to try to stop it. Efforts are being made, and we hope that they will be successful in the legislature. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott has already indicated he will sign that into law. But that's where we're going. We have a Manchurian candidate, a Manchurian president, I should say, in the White House who is intent on destroying this country. He is a supporter of the Muslim Brotherhood. He's made that obvious. The Muslim Brotherhood, in his basic tenets, says that Sharia law should be imposed all over the world, and that anybody who does not convert to the Muslim faith should either be fined, exiled, or killed 
for their failure to convert. This is what the, this man is doing. This is what the President of the United States is doing to our country. And we need to put a stop to it. We need something to happen in the Congress. We need articles of impeachment passed, or we need lawsuits filed. Something needs to be done. And the U.S. Justice Foundation, we're doing everything we can. And again, we need your help. By the way, when you go to my website at michaelconnelly.jigsy.com, you can also find out about the books I've written. Uh, one of them is called Amigaly, A Story of America. That's a patriotic novel that the left hates. Uh, they call me a racist because I talk bad about the communist Chinese and about the uh, their Syrian allies, etc., etc. Uh, and I'm a gun nut because I mentioned in there that America fights tyranny by uh, having been the citizens being armed. So you can get that on Amazon. You can get it through my website. You can get it if you like ebooks on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can also my best-selling about my dad's unit during World War II, The Mortarman, is also available through my website. It's also an e-book through, available through Amazon as either paperback or e-book. Then I've got the books, two books that are basically fun stories or ghost stories. Uh, one of the loves about the Boy Scouts is Riders in the Sky, the Ghost of Legends of Philmont Scout Ranch. That's available as a paperback. And then you've got America's Liveliest Ghost also available as paperback, and we're going to be converting that to an e-book shortly. But the most important thing I've probably written is the little book they call Our Constitution, where I take each article, each amendment, each section of the Constitution, and I print them the way they're originally written, and then I add my comments to it about what they really mean. And that's, if you listen to the show, you've heard me say before that I have had uh, PhDs come forward and say, until they had read my book, that they were not aware that the phrase separation of church and state was not in the Constitution. They thought it was. They had been taught in college it was. They had been taught in their high schools that it was. Of course, it is not anywhere in the Constitution. The phrase actually came from a letter written by Thomas Jefferson when he was president, and a uh, religious group uh, asked him to intervene in an internal dispute they were having among their members, and he declined, saying that the uh, government should not be messing in any religious activities that the Establishment Clause of the Constitution prohibited the government from being involved, and that, that that would violate what he considered to be a separation of church and state. That's where that came from. And then now it's been hijacked by the left, as much, much as uh, of our Constitution has been, to use the use of destroyal religion. Now, this little booklet uh, had, talks about, it has a preamble to the Bill of Rights, where basically our founding fathers told the federal government, they were creating that the rights listed in the Bill of Rights are not rights granted to us, federal government, because grant, you acknowledge that the government can grant you rights, and you've acknowledged they can take them away. Instead, the founders said these are inherent rights, and the government cannot mess with them. Most people have never read the preamble to the Bill of Rights, don't even know it exists, because it's not put into many textbooks. This booklet you can get for $6.00 through uh, my website, through www.constitution.jigsy.com. You can find out how to order large quantities uh, for schools and for this sort of thing at very reduced prices. I just had an order come in for 150 uh, copies for a school in Missouri. I had another order last year of 500 copies by Rotary Club, 
in South Texas that handed out the booklets to the incoming students. Let's face it, our students are not being taught about our Constitution. Our young people don't know about it. They don't know what it means. If they don't know what their rights are, they're not going to realize when they're losing them. Well, that's all the time we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for tuning in. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.